This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Monday. Good to be with you today. Matt and Patrick here. By the way, is there anything more predictable than the same exact Republicans who, when Brittany Griner was being held by the Russians, were like, give them whatever they want. Get her back here at all costs. We don't need Maine. Give them Maine. You know, that sort of thing, To All of a sudden, now this morning... Uh, with the Iranian hostages, why did you let you? You should have left them rotting in a jail in Iran. That's what you should have done. Yeah, is there anything more predictable? Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five. How was your weekend there, Patrick? Anything anything exciting and new on the horizon? It was actually very very busy. There was a. Uh hockey tournament up in Blaine, so I was there Saturday afternoon into Saturday night, and then I was back there yesterday morning into the late afternoon. Oh, uh, I got to tell you, I myself, you had sports weekend, I had a little sports weekend too, as you can see by my shirt here, which I'm on the, 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 the disto cam, is (laughs) right now, we lost, we lost the local cam, the disto cam. Uh, basically I was at the University of Minnesota Duluth football game this weekend. I went up to Duluth. My daughter is at UMD and just, uh, you know, it, it was, we had some advice from parents who had been there for parents weekend, which comes up, I believe in October. And they said the same thing. They said, it's really busy. It's real expensive. It's a wait to get into every place. You want to try to find a different weekend. So we actually went up this last weekend. Which was great. I mean, the, 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 the temperature was perfect. I went on out there. Patrick, can I tell you, it has been 20-plus years since I was at a football game where the team that I was there rooting for dominated. I mean, I used to, a long time ago in a, in a radio life, long, long ago, I was working for the flagship for the Iowa State Cyclones down in Ames and Des Moines, Iowa, KASI. And so I would go out to those games and, and occasionally, and sometimes I was running the, the, the board for the station and stuff like that, but I, occasionally I would go on out to those games and enjoy those games. And occasionally, in a rare time, the Iowa State Cyclones would actually win and win convincingly occasionally. Wow, miracle of the ages. This UMD program they've got up there. Uh, I, okay. First of all, I find it comical anytime anyone ever makes that comment. That high school team could beat a college team. <laughs> what would be the over-under on the best high school team in Minnesota facing off against UMD and, and, and just UMD unloading on them? I'm going to guess 150-0 to zero would be the final score. 
with a bunch of crying high school kids. That would be my guess. Uh, have you seen any of the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldog football program? I have not really paid that much attention to them other than, you know, the news that comes across the wire, usually at the end of the season when it looks like they might make a run toward a championship. Uh, I got I got, got got shocked for everyone out there because, I mean, if you are a Minnesota football fan, you're about to hear something that's going to be shocking. There's a team in Minnesota that's 3-0. and I know! I know! I watched our Bulldogs take down Sioux Falls, the fighting loners, um, Magas. I don't know. What are they called out of Sioux Falls? Panthers? Are they the Panthers? They're purple. Uh, I'd have to check into that. Uh, well, I mean, they're purple. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they could just be a bunch of Vikings fans who are lost and deranged after this last two weeks and just foul, found their way into the UMD stands. That's what I, I could be. But University of Sioux Falls, that actually was an entertaining game, too. Uh, was they were up at twenty one to, to to nothing? They all said it was twenty one to fourteen. They were getting close. Started kind of doing a back and forth. Good fun. Needless to say, go Bulldogs. They get the win. Nice job. Uh, there's a few players on that team. I'm kind of like, okay, why aren't you at? Why aren't you playing for the Gophers? I mean, I, I mean, there there's one or two players on that team that were actually pretty good. And I understand that there is a you know there you know the teams that they get are the teams that they get and they get recruited and they get there. But I got to tell you, it it I, I'm not a sports guy. I am just a regular guy like you. I live in Hopkins. I got three kids. Most of my life is not paying attention to sports. Occasionally, the Twins. They're 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 my weakness. And 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 ugh, I'm kind of kind of sweating this postseason. But that being said, I'm like everyone else. You pay attention. Even, even most of us even know who wins, who loses, that sort of thing. Going to the Vikes game in the first week against Tampa, and they lost that game, and I just said, "Oh, they're going to lose this game," because I've watched this team for for 50 years of my life, and there's yeah, I could I could see that train coming. It was such a unique experience to go to a team and watch a team that's not losing, that that actually is favored to win games, and then in goes and does it. It was it was very interesting. It got there, the band is outside. I mean, it's it's not the biggest program. Um, I'm not going to you know lie. It's it's you know I think the University of Minnesota Duluth enrollment's like ten thousand, so it's you know about a fifth of the size of the University of Minnesota. It's it's got a good feel though. It's got that football feel. Although the food selection, you guys need to do a little bit better on that. There is like one booth of food, and I hey, I like barbecue nachos. Like the next guy, Ugh. oh god, you might want to sell some tums there too. Just FYI, <laughs> boy, that doesn't look like that's ever been cheese in that cheese sauce. Uh, <laughs> sort of thing. Um. I did appreciate the free onions, though. Free onions are always a nice little option. I always like free sauerkraut, free onions. You, you've got a friend in me. Now, that being said, uh, it, was, it was a good experience. Got there. The marching band is outside and says, oh, there's a marching band. They had all the, the, little, the little, you know, helmet, the things with the feathers out of them. And they're you know, playing the rouser and all that good stuff. Cheer squad is there dancing. Hello, ladies. Hi there. Go on in the stadium. It's it's. A decent sized stadium. It's mostly general admission seats. So he's sitting on the bleachers. Yeah, you, you know how you know it kind of gets a little bit you know, 
My, yeah, on Sunday, my back was a little bit off because I was sitting in the bleachers for, for you know, three hours. Um, entertaining game. It was a little hard to watch. So um, we were sitting there, not at center field. We were at the 40-yard line on kind of where the offense, whenever after they got done with an offensive series, the offense would you know, get together and they'd talk about it. I was able to watch, kind of so see the UMD football team. I can't tell you how many guys had leg braces on, man. Leg casts. Oh, I I feel for you. I have a daughter that has. I got a I got a replacement hip. I had a daughter that had two a torn ACLs. I feel for you guys, man. Uh, all my best. I hope. I mean, and this goes for anyone that's playing sports. Uh, heal if you're injured. I hope you heal. All my best on that. But it was wild watching one, two, three, four. I think we kind of kind of like twelve guys with leg braces and casts on. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. And you know what I, I didn't have to hear was about how we had to build them a 40,000-seat stadium. It was a good team that's out there playing. Gorgeous day, too. I, I couldn't, really couldn't beat the weather. That was really nice. little nip of fall in the air, but not too bad. Beautiful, beautiful Duluth there on, on display. And they, they won. And, and, and it, was, it was a reminder that of me because it's been so long that it can be fun to go to these football games. It actually can be. I can't imagine it's too much fun when you're paying $400 a ticket to go to a Vikes game. I mean, I, I, I mean the, the Gophers, hey, I like the Gophers. I am. I mean, as a matter of fact, of my, I, I, like, I like college football. But, you know, did anyone really think the Gophers were going to beat North Carolina? Of course not. You were saying, well, they pull up the upset. And that's what everyone was saying. No one was going into that game saying, ah, that's going to be a gopher win. No, no one was saying that. Because that's kind of what the rest of these things are like. It's it's really wild to go to a team that's had a consistent history of winning and watch them go and indeed win with some decent players. And UMD... I'm going to praise. I'm going to spend the first half hour here of the show praising Duluth a lot because it was it was not only that was they had they were talking about the UMD volleyball team who's eighth in the nation. I think that's Division Two A uh, uh, Division Two. They're the number eight team in the nation and winning with fairly good consistency. During the game, they brought out um, the. Um, they brought up the men's and women's basketball team. The first time, I think, at UMD, the, the women went to the national championship game last year. The men made it to the Sweet 16 and lost in the first round of the Sweet 16 on Division Two. <laughs> winning program, winning program, winning program, winning program. My God, what is this? This doesn't happen in Minnesota. This is not this, – this happiness after game day? What, what is that? I'm here supposed to be thinking about what what park I'm going to go hike in or what art museum I'm going to go to or what concert I'm going to do. I don't I'm not supposed to care about the teams. By the way, also Veterans Day, they did a jet flyby, man. How cool is that? All of a sudden my 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 youngest daughter was right next to me and I, I Albert I said, "Here you go. Here come four jets come flying right over. Three of the pilots made it out to the game too and showed us their, you know, they were wearing the bulldog gear. Nice to see you. Thank you for your service." 
I mean, as an Army guy, I could rip on you Air Force guys all day long, but I'm not going to because it was a lovely flyover on Veterans Day. I, I really enjoyed myself. And I keep saying to myself, and I'm wearing now a shirt that's go for football on it, and on the back, it, um, it's got all the games. I've already looked at the games. I'm like, you know, maybe I drive up. It's a two-hour drive. Drive up. Go catch a game. Because it's, it, 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 I, can un, I can get it when it's a winning program. This town sucks for sports. I mean, Lynx, nice job there. You got a chance of going to the second round there to get torpedoed. <laughs> Bus saw it in the second round. But, you know, you did what you needed to do. You got to win on the road. Nicely done. I'm, you know, be cheering for the Lynx. But everyone else in this town sucks. I mean, they just do. There's no chance. There's not the championship. There's nothing. There's just not. And, you know, as we as taxpayers, you know, I have a very hard time when the same exact people who scream at me about a $10,000 tax going to help out the Guthrie Theater or the MIA or the Wiseman Art Museum and talking about wasting my taxpayer dollars on that namby-pamby art, who all of a sudden come up to you, $2 billion is a great investment in a sports team stadium that we're just going to give the keys right to a billionaire. Well, this is good investment. No, it's not. It's not. The University of Minnesota Duluth might actually do something I didn't think was actually possible as I get ready to turn 55 here next month. And it might actually redeem sports for me. It might actually make me say, yeah, you know what? There's value here. Because you know what? I'm now a fan. And that's, I, I have no problem saying that. And, and I have no problem saying it's, I'm a fan because I have watched so much crap football and crap sports while I'm having to pay outrageous prices. I don't even want to talk about how much money I had to pay for a, a lemonade and a, a, a one meal at, at the U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't I, – I just – a lemonade. Not a beer, a lemonade and one meal to watch that team lose a – yeah. No, I I didn't think I could have my faith in sports redeemed until I went to a University of Minnesota Duluth football game. And UMD, I'm a fan, man. I'll be, you know, I I know that you stream your games live on your website. I know that you air, air them locally up there, but may I ask the metro area, why don't one of you guys pick up that broadcast? Because you know what? It'd be nice to see a winning program on the on, on television on a Saturday. I'm just saying. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. And I like the Gophers, but at the same time, I, I haven't felt this optimistic. I'm actually excited about UMD football. I really am. But sports aside, I got to praise Duluth a lot when I come on back. A lot when I do come on back. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Say you miss me. Say you want to kiss me. I like to bet. 
AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota's Matt McNeil show. I, I will say this, and this do, Rochester, do not take this as a slight. I love your town, too. Rochester's great, but Duluth is. After my weekend up there, man, um, that is my favorite town outside of Minneapolis, St. Paul in this city, in this state, rather, I should say. Um, Patrick, you go up there. Do you go? How often do you get up to Duluth? Well, every couple of months. I also lived there during college, so I kind of have a pretty good knowledge of the area. That Duluth Grill, man. <laughs> Holy God. I tried the dill pickle serrano hot sauce. Dear Lord, is that delicious. Uh, it's got some heat, folks. Just FYI. It's a, that's the thing which I, I, I went – everyone, a lot of you people go to the Luth Grill. It's, a, it's an hour wait. You know, it's, it's an hour wait if you're lucky. And I got in there, um, hands down, the best biscuits and gravy I've ever had in my life. And I, as a man who's eaten biscuits and gravy throughout the South, it's better than theirs. I'm not joking. That is not a joke. That is not a lie. It's better. It's unbelievably better. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but it's true. Duluth for a long time. I mean, I'd gone down to Duluth for many, many years. I've, you know, I spent a lot of time at the range and my dad would come on down to Duluth. He was, he went to high school there and God, I remember the downtown when it, it was bad. The downtown was bad for a long time, man. Anything on Superior Street and stuff like that. It was rough. I remember the 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 east side of town, excuse me, the, the west side of town, the west side of town being kind of like a demilitarized zone out there, kind of this industrial wasteland. You could film like a an, a, a Terminator movie out there. That's that's where you find Duluth Grill now, and that's that's absolutely cute. There's a lot of cute stores, a lot of cute restaurants over there. Of course, Canal Park is always a, a is a hoot. That's and that's as good of a tourist de- destination. As you will find in Minnesota, I would make an argument. It's basically as vibrant and lively on a Saturday night when I was down there as any place I've seen in the cities. It, it, you know, and that's that's something that a lot of cities just don't have is they don't have that tourist oomph, and they got it there in Duluth. But I, I gotta say, I I just was so impressed with how things are there, and I don't know if they ever really. Maybe my perception was off, and that because you do have a fairly large college there, and well, two colleges, Saint Scholastica is up there. I guess Lake Superior State is up there as well, so I guess we can mention them. But um, you know, they have a pr- fairly decent college base, and when you have something like that. It's never really going to get extremely destitute. You're always going to have something. But there were a lot of lean years. Let's not make mistakes. But, of course, we talked about the New York Times article about Duluth from, what, four or five months ago, where it talked about it's becoming a hot place for people to move to. It's got a real – and as I I say this on the progressive voice of Minnesota, dude, that town's got a progressive vibe like – the most leftist parts of the city. (laughs) And it is abrupt. You get to the top of that hill and all of a sudden you can see it going from deep blue to red fairly quickly once you move across. By the time you get to the airport or so, you're really into a magenta at best. (laughs) It really is a liberal haven. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it is remarkable how that town has come back. I still think it's also one of the most picturesque places in the state. 
you can't really get a bad shot of anything down by the shoreline. It's it's it really is that good. And then the restaurants. I mean, the restaurants. That's the one of the crazy parts. Is it has become a real food foodie kind of town, and it it's that that's a good thing, man. That's a good thing. Plus, there's lots of things to do. I, I we didn't get a chance to go to the haunted ship that's out there. You know, the one that got the 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 who wants to go on a grain hauler? Oh boy, it's haunted. Well, yeah, with the souls of a lot of the sailors there. If, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't say that my cousin actually is a captain on one of the on, on one of the lake uh, the, the the Great Lakes steam uh, you know uh, uh, ore ships. So I can't say that. But it is. It, it I didn't have a chance to do that. They have some sort of circus thing that's up there by the mall did you see that the fantasy circus i'm gonna guess it's kind of maybe you know a lot you know it's like cirque du soleil only with more piercings i guess that would be my guess <laughs> you have no idea that i actually have not heard about this it's it's up there it's if it, you go on the the one road 149 that goes out 53 449 that goes out towards the airport you know it's, it's in one of their parking lots out there okay yeah my yeah I'd, I'd have to check to see what's uh what's up with that yeah, I'd, I it, I didn't get to do that, but it was it was it was nice, and it was just beginning, just beginning to get a little bit of that color of fall in there on the leaves. If you go in the next week or two weeks, I think Duluth is going to be spectacular. It was actually quite pretty once you got inland, once you got south of Cloquet on thirty five down to probably about mile marker one ninety. There were some stretches there which were really nice, which I imagine even today are even prettier. So if you're looking for a fall drive, you can head north on 35 and you're going to find some nice stuff up there. But is it, it, what, what is nice to see is seeing a town that for a lot of my life has not been getting the best breaks. Now starting to lap a lot of other places. Construction needs to be worked on. Sweet Lord. What the? Why are you constructing every major road in your town at once? That's not a good idea. That being said, I did enjoy going to Duluth. And uh, I'm going to go back again. And I'm going to go and enjoy it again. I'm going to get that biscuits and gravy again. Holy God, was that good. But, I mean, if you haven't been up there, you got two weeks here with probably the leaves in prime condition. Go up. Go get some food. Go see how see how good it has become. And the nice thing is, is yeah, it's a little bit of driving for the day. But if you leave early on a on a weekday on a weekend morning, you can get up there, can spend the whole day, and come on back. You don't even need to stay at a hotel room. That's one of the nice things about Duluth. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. When I do come back, I do have to talk about a social dilemma I had at Blackwoods up there. <laughs> On Saturday night, and and just I'll explain in a second and get your thoughts on was I out of were we out of line nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five it's the Matt McNeil show on a Monday right here on AM nine fifty. This military update from Joint Base Charleston. We're working with MCA Beaufort, South Carolina, to locate an F-35 that was involved in a mishap this afternoon. The pilot ejected safely, you know, a mishap. 
If you have any information that might be help us find our missing F-35, please call Base Defense Operations at 843-963-3600. That's 843-963-3600. Let me just check. I do not see the F-35 here in the studio. An extensive search has been made. I don't know. There was a very loud noise made just a few minutes ago. Well, that was me punching Brad. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, get a little lippy with me sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. No, Brett's a sweetheart. I love these guys. I, they do. They're fantastic producers. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Uh, okay, so it's time for Was Matt Wrong? And it's always a fun thing when I get to go into this this kind of thing. So. Uh, we go to the football game. After the game, we um, uh, walk around the campus a little bit. We go check into our hotel room, um, and then and pff, pricey. And then we head on out to dinner. And if you know the Blackwoods Grill, uh, that you, you've been down to Blackwoods Grill, yeah, the one on the end of thirty five. Yep, right there, right there, <laughs> next to that, next to that water park. Holy God, I don't even want to get into the stories on that water park. But, no, the Blackwoods is there, and they that, they have my, my daughter's favorite thing to get in any restaurant ever is the chicken pot pie there. So I had no choice, but we were going. Had actually a delightful little meal there. The, uh, the Swedish meatballs, that's, that's something to write home about, man. That's some good stuff. I think the last time I was there, not to keep this discussion going too much, I think I had the steak and potatoes or something. No, we can, we can keep this discussion going. It's steak <laughs> and potatoes is a nice choice, my friend. How do, do, do you get a medium, medium rare? What's your What's your choice? I'm a medium guy. Rare is a little bit too chewy. Uh, you, 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 okay, you're off the show. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good rest of your lives. <laughs> oh no that would be my dad that's a little of my dad coming out by the way it's like medium 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 that's not how you meant you're meant to eat that anyway that aside and no my swedish meatballs were not done medium rare it just it's it's that's not how that goes so we are there it's me my wife my two daughters and we're having fun this is a fairly loud restaurant and you know we we it's, it's, we're we're reliving things. The kids are asking us stories about their younger, and you know my one daughter's you know nineteen, my other daughter's sixteen. My wife and I were there. We're in a room with other people. They're making noise. We're making noise, and my kids were laughing, and they were laughing pretty hard. Now, at no point is has a, a staff member or a waiter or a waitress not no point have they come up to us and they said hey um you know we get, we're getting some claims could you please get a little quieter nothing like that no 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 we weren't we weren't outrageous we're not like that one woman doing the ihop pancake dance you know <laughs> we're not we're, we're not we're not setting up cameras and stuff it's just it's a fun family get together and it's celebrating our family as a matter of fact it was a little bit uh my my daughter's birthday happened a few weeks ago and so we 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 had one more gift for her and so we kind of it was a nice little family get together and it's nice to see my daughter about halfway through our meal there was a couple that was sat next to us now it's not like some of these restaurants where you're literally climbing over other people's tables to get to your seats you know I can't stand that where they they have the tables so close together and there's some space between the tables here it's not like it's everyone's jammed in there and you know so they they are there and they're they're having a nice get together and we're having fun and we're laughing 
And apparently we were laughing too loud because there is there. I caught out of the corner of my eye the guy who was whose back was to us. At one point, kind of turn doing this. And I'm like, is there something wrong? Is his jacket? He's wearing flannel. I mean, it was a warmer day, but I mean, I mean, you know, you know, to each their own. Um, You know, he's kind of. So I kind of start paying attention to that table because they, they caught my eye. We order some dessert. We're having dessert. And, the, 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 you know, we're talking about something and, you know, and it just we're having a good time. And can I just tell you how this is a sign for me of success that I've been doing things right, that my family likes getting together and we have fun and we laugh and we giggle and we talk. And we're not. We, it's not seven of us staring at phones. It's it's actual conversation and actual, you know, you know, being a family. And I love that. And the fact that my kids are laughing and having a good time. And I I had them going pretty good. I was I was cracking a few jokes, and so they were laughing pretty good. And then came my my one daughter, my youngest daughter, started laughing really hard, and that's when I paid attention to that other table. And the woman who was facing us, I could see, she just kind of puts her silverware down and she does this wide-eyed look. Now, once again, we are not so loud that wait staff and management or anything is like that. It's coming over telling us we need to be quiet. Nothing like that ever happened. But it just my daughter laughed and laughed loudly because she was having a good time. And clearly this couple – Hey, I've been in that restaurant when it's been relatively quiet. I've been in that restaurant when it's been relatively loud. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they just hadn't been there and they thought it was this, you know, kind of, you know, heavy end, fancy schmancy, quiet sort of, you know, no one, you know, no one gets too loud sort of thing. And she was, you could tell she was upset. And she puts her somewhere down. And this is when I get my first look at the guy. Who who is beat red with anger because there's a family that's actually making noise at the table next to them while they're trying to eat. And he spins around and he spins around the other way and he and I catch eye contact for a quick second. And you can just see that, you know, he's just this this pent up, you know, passive aggressive northern Minnesota Swede heritage, you know. Don't you know that you're not supposed to be seen or heard by anyone but yourself? That sort of thing. And I did something, and to a point, I regret doing this because I don't care. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I care. I don't want to be a jerk. But we hadn't done anything. And you know, like I said, no one had, it, we were having fun. The kids were laughing. We were having a good time. And. I told the kids, I said, hey, guys, we need, we're clearly upsetting this, this couple over here. And, you know, we don't want to upset them. We don't want to bother them. You know, let's, let's be quiet. <laughs> to which then came what I don't think they were wanting, which is basically complete silence from the table. Because, and I basically made sure I, was, I said this loud enough to where they could hear it. That they were, you know, clearly they're not upset with us being. And so there was just this quiet. And you could tell, at least for her, that that 
almost kind of bugged her more than us making noise. The fact that we were all now quiet and all kind of all at times watching them to make sure they didn't get upset. And I don't know if they, you know, if that's, they felt like they, you know, got success or vindication or, you know, this was just fine. We, good. We, we came here to, to, to not communicate with anyone, just stare quietly at each other and that's that. Fine. But I really kind of, I'm kind of upset with myself that I said that to my kids. I am. I am kind of upset because I'm having fun with my kids. And, you know, my kids, like I said, my, my, my oldest is 22. He wasn't up there. But my two, daughter, my two daughters are 19 and 16 now. I got two years at home with the, the, the youngest one, and then she's off to college. And, you know, I can already see with my son, you know, he's, he's a man now. He's, he's going out to lead his own life. He's a senior at, at, at the U of M, and, and so he's going to go off and do his own thing. So I, you kind of cherish these things. You don't have it. I've got neighbors who are behind me who have kids who are young, who are, I'm going to guess, six and younger. And there is something just joyful for me and my wife to listen to these kids squealing as they play with each other on their trampoline in the backyard with each other and the, the, the dynamics of the kids and they're having fun. And I enjoy it. But at the same time, my wife actually went up to them and talked about how much she enjoyed hearing their kids play and have fun. And the dad apparently said something to the effect of, oh, well, there are some neighbors who have actually said that they want our kids to be quiet, that, that that's, that's just too much. Now, it's not like the kids are outside playing at 10 o'clock at night, but they are kids. I don't know. I... I would you have kind of quieted your family down? I mean, once again, no one had come from the restaurant, no waiter or waitress. As a matter of fact, when the waitress came on over, she seemed to be very much enjoying serving our table. She saw we were having a good time. At no point did anyone say you're being too loud or anything like that. Should I have said something to my, my, my kids and my wife and, you know, just say, we, should we have stopped having our fun because there were two people there that clearly were upset at us having fun? Uh, I'll say I can't really answer this for a couple of questions. One, I don't have kids. The other one is that I was not there, so I can't really – because from what you're saying, I don't think you did anything wrong. Yeah. But I also – I was not there, so I can't really say – you know, I mean uh, – now, this is not an offense to your family, but, you know, teen girls are going to kind of do teen girl stuff as well. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of a thing that happens in life. It's okay. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, well, I did. Okay. So what I told my daughters was this, when it comes to my funeral, okay, I'm going to create some, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fix the coffin to where there's a springboard underneath and that at some point during the service, someone, I'm going to have someone say he has risen and no one's going to know this, but the lid of the coffin is going to pop up and the springboard is going to thrust me into the air Arms flapping, legs flapping, back down into the coffin. Now, apparently my kids thought this was hilarious. But that was apparently, you know, fun and excitement and, and you know, planning my funeral. Not nearly as much fun for other people. That being said, you're, you're right and it's fair, you know. I've thought about that. Was, was I out of line? I don't think we were. I don't think we were. There was, there was two other tables that were there and we were hearing them talk and stuff. 
I just think that they wanted to kind of go on out for a, a private dinner and they didn't, you know, you know, they, they any any noise at all was not going to be good. But at the same time, I, I don't want to be a jerk. That's why I did say to my kids, hey, all right, let's we, we've had our fun. Let's be quiet and let's all stare at them. <laughs> no, not, I didn't say that. I did start making funny faces at my daughters were, dad, stop it. You know, they're trying to, you know, but I don't know. I I think that if you are going to a high-end restaurant, if you are going to a really high-end restaurant that, that that's known for romantic get-togethers and stuff like that, yeah, I, I would say we were probably too loud for that. But at the place we were at, I, I didn't I didn't get the vibe that was. I mean, for goodness sakes, there's, there's, a, there's a bar that's as loud as it gets in there. You can hear that everywhere you go in there. The place is, the place is loud. So I don't know. I, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to be someone who is, who is, you know, kind of inconsiderate. But at the same time, it did bug me a lot to have to quiet my family down when we hadn't done anything wrong. And we were having a good time just because, I don't know, repressed emotions from generations of, 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 of northern Minnesota life? I don't know. But it clearly was, you know, oh, the look of hate when, when she put her silverware down when my daughter was left, the look of hate in her face. But like I said, di- did it do that much for you when all of a sudden we're all quiet and we're all not saying anything and we're all kind of, you know, on eggshells around you guys because you guys are the fun police? I don't think that you, that was – I think that you, you kind of you, – you, you don't know what you, you asked for and then all of a sudden you got it and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you know, I, it's not that we we're telling you not to talk. But you kind of were. And so, yeah, 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Matt is in Minneapolis. Let's uh, take his phone call. Welcome on in, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, um y- – so, in my profession, we have this uh, training that we take. It's it's called ICRA, and it's for like uh, sensitive situations, like going into a hospital and whatnot. And um, they they train us to just kind of be aware of you know, other people that are in you know, sensitive type scenarios, like because we just never know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Now I'm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that these people, whatever they were going through, brought it into the restaurant with them, and it had nothing to do with what you were doing, that they were just in a solemn place from whatever had happened. But, like, I don't know. I mean, there's kind of, like, there's two parts to it. I mean, like, you're going into a restaurant scenario where there's other people around, if they're not in in the um, place to be able to be around other people who are just like happy to be around their families and just having a good time, then maybe they just chose the wrong place to go to. Well, you know, I I, I out of respect because one of the things, Matt, I, I want to put forward, and thanks, Matt, I appreciate the phone call on this. One of the things I wanted to put forward is that I mean, I did when I noticed when it became clear we were bugging them. That's when I did quiet down my family. But at, at, at no point did they 
make a thing. They could have moved to a different table. They could have. Um, they could have said. They could have said something. In the way could you please tell them to be a little quieter? At no point they were doing this. They were just giving us rage eye. And so that that and you see that and that's the mistake. I, I mean, maybe I should have waited for someone to come up and tell us to be a little quiet, because you know it it it's it's one thing. Being empathetic, being something that cares about other people sometimes more than your own feelings, one of the things you do is you do pay attention and, and you can sit and stare at someone. You can look at them and say, oh, that person is, um, you know, this person's not you know, upset about something. And you can say, oh, are you OK? To a point, there are problems with that. And this is like one of those cases where I don't know who this person is. This person doesn't really mean that much to me, but I'm being empathetic to their cause at that point at the expense of my own enjoyment and my family's enjoyment. So is that right? I don't know. I don't think so. I will agree with you wholeheartedly, Matt, on one thing. It's like when you see someone who flips you off on the highway, you're not the reason you're they're fl- you're flipping them off. That person has had a litany of things happen to them in their day that has set them off to where they are angry and upset, and you are just that proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. So it's kind of when, when I see someone who's you know th- you know flashing hand signals at me in a car because they're angry and furious, I always say to myself, "That's not me, man. I don't know what's up with your life, but you know clearly things had been going downhill for a while today, and I just was the 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 individual who became the catalyst of your 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 anger." So that's just that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM nine fifty. AM nine fifty, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. By the way, I did mention that IHOP video. If you've not seen this video, the video is coming to to Celebrity. Um, because not of the individual. So the, the the video is some woman has set up a phone to capture her reaction at getting a stack of pancakes at an IHOP. I know. But she's really excited about it. All right? To each their own. In the background is this woman who is watching her and 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 clearly, at least from my perspective, the reaction to the pancakes is a little over the top. But so is the reaction of the woman watching the woman dance to the pancakes, where it is literally like a Jeff Dunham puppet come to life. I mean, it's this frowning, like how uncomfortable you are with other people having a good time. And I actually think that this is a, a, you know, to a point, this is a sign of our society. That it makes people uncomfortable to see people having a good time. And not, not overall, I mean, I know a lot of people that love shiny, happy people, per se. But it is remarkable, as I saw this, I just, you know, it's like, wait a second here. Really? Really? Is this is this I would think that I don't know. I you know like I said, I think the problem I have is I re, I resent what I did. I really resent what I did. I no, why should I have done that? 
I should have been more of a, no, 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 no. If you've got a problem, go talk to the wait staff. If they come talk to us, then we'll be quiet. But if, if or just ask for a different table. If, if being around us, I mean, the place is huge. If you've not been there, it's got a lot of rooms to it. So a lot of places you can go sit. And like I said, at no point, I mean, there was, there was, there was two parties had young, young children. We're talking like one-year-old kids who are, you know, crying, making noise at times. I could care less. So I'm sorry you're uncomfortable with this. But I don't think the next time I'm going to tell my my kids to stop laughing and stop having fun. Part of where we are at as a society is this notion that we can't have fun anymore. And that's just wrong. And it and and, and I, I don't want to say it so blandly. It's not like people are right there is literally the fun police. No. <laughs> there is that there's not that. But we do have this very selfish nature that unless I'm comfortable with the surroundings, then I'm not going to be I'm not going to be happy. And it, it, this selfishness is is really a characteristic that is 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 America ugliness at its worst. Someone might say, "Well, Matt, wouldn't you couldn't you call yourself being selfish because you were being louder?" Well, yeah, like I said, no one said anything to us. It was just the perception that this person had to have it quiet. I don't quite. I don't know how we're going to pull ourselves out of this. I, I honestly think that there's just there's already clearly a substantial amount of these younger generations, millennials and Generation Z, of people who interaction with other human beings is a very painful and difficult thing to to get to. I remember, I remember the first time I heard the joke about people having a cell phone, and of course they they're terrified of actually answering it, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to talk a Generation Z person into making a phone call is a hoot because they just they that's that's not why they've got it. But at the same time, I I, I don't know. I, I I I think I'm going to try to enjoy myself, regardless of what other people are doing. I'm going to try to enjoy myself in my life. And if if I'm having if I have the luxury, if I have the privilege of having my family together and having a good time, why why should I stop that? Why should I stop that? 952-946-6205. Maybe what this person could do to kind of cheer up is uh, go catch the Northern Lights. I should say that is it – we're supposed to have the Northern Lights all the way into the southern part of the state tonight, Right. Will we see them at all in the cities? They won't really, will they? You have to kind of get out of it, don't you? But that's maybe what you need to do. Go on out there. If you if you do, apparently the northern lights tonight are going to be down way into the southern part of the state, so you can go catch them. But you a you got to find a place that's not cloudy, and you also have to find a place out of the metro. So maybe a little late night drive, and be careful. Watch out for the deer. That being said, maybe that will cheer you up because. Maybe getting reminded of the great things that are way beyond our ability to control and how pretty they are might actually tone down your resentment about people having a good time at a restaurant. Uh, 952-946-6205. Hour 2 is up next. 
Hour number two of the show here on your Monday. Matt and Patrick here, 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. Uh, Minnesotans, we are... <laughs> All right, get your Lauren Boebert Beetlejuice jokes ready to go. Uh, Minnesota is the 13th stickiest population in the United States. What do I mean by that? Well, apparently we don't leave. We're born here. We stay here. 70.9% of the people born in the state still lived here as, uh, as of 2021, according to the study. Local economic development officials often talk about how it's hard to get people to move to Minnesota, but people who are bo- born here tend to stay here. That partly confirms that at least uh, uh, for people who are born here, uh, 82% of native Texans stay in the Lone Star State. Well, I will say this about Texas. I'm not a big fan of Texas, but that's a big freaking state. I mean, you can be born in Dallas and move to El Paso. That'd be like being born in Minneapolis and moving to Kansas City. I mean, as a matter of fact, actually, I think it's further away. Isn't Kansas City, what, six six hours or something like that, seven hours? Yeah, something like that. I mean, El Paso to Dallas, it's almost you almost have to stay overnight no matter what time you leave yeah. that trip. So, yeah, it's a big state. So, I mean, there's plenty of places to go out there. Uh, Wyoming. People can't wait to get out of Wyoming. Well, I think we understand. It's forty-five. Only 45% of the people that live in Wyoming stay in Wyoming. Is that because Kevin Costner and his uh, that, that, that whole group of people keep shooting everyone? I mean, is that why? You know, if you're having trouble with your neighbors, opening fire on them all the time, that's probably not the best way to kind of smooth things over. You know, have them over for a barbecue. When's that episode going to happen? Anyway, um, if they had to leave Minnesota... Minnesotans would go to Colorado would be the number one choice. And by the way, I think Colorado, there is a symbolism that is there because I think really Colorado's first choice is Minnesota too. Uh, we'll, we'll stay with, with like-minded people here. Uh, I don't know if it's because, I mean, I hear the theater scene in Colorado is just, wow, wow, you are going to get a show. You know, and I think part of it is just, you know, obviously we don't have the Rocky Mountains, but, you know, as far as nature opportunities go, we're probably right up there with Colorado. Okay, so you just use Rocky Mountains, nature opportunities, and I was thinking of Lauren Boebert at a Beetlejuice show. Come on, man. You can't do this to me, Patrick. I I would do an entire show of jokes on this woman if I could get away with it. We got a call, actually. I didn't want to bring it up because you kind of took it into a little more serious direction. But he said, hey, those people could have had it worse at the restaurant. They could have had a congresswoman from Colorado (laughs) in the booth next to them. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, Oh, those are potato cartoffelins, aren't they? Hello there. Jeez. She's apparently, what was, what was the story? I just saw this. I just saw this. Um, she has, a Christian summit has dropped Lauren Boebert as guest speaker amid fondling scandal. Does it realize that, you know, you know, hey, that, you know, you, you could, uh, you know, make a show there. So 952-946-6205. Hey, what's with the Nazis in Wyzetta? Can I ask that question? Because I, I, I'll tell you the truth. I saw this story. This is a video of some clowns on a crosswalk bridge over Highway 12 in Wyzetta with their white pride, diversity means anti-white signs, stuff like that. What's with the Nazis in Wyzetta, dude? 
you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that this has not been more of a news story. Yeah, and the, uh, I saw that video, too, and my question was, if you're so proud of yourself, and why are you wearing those damn masks? Well, and that's a question I have to I, I want to ask as well. Uh, apparently, if you honked, they would give you a Heil Hitler Nazi salute. <sighs> Come on. Come on. Now... We do have right freedom of uh, uh, right to protest. We do have freedom of speech, right to protest. I don't think you have the right to anonymity, though. And I, I think that you know, I, I'm so to a point. I, I'm kind of surprised. I guess maybe Wyzetta, maybe if I may make a suggestion to you, maybe you pass an ordinance saying you can protest, but you can't be wearing masks when you protest. Because we don't, you know, it's it's there. There's there's not a right. There's a right to protest. There's a right to speech. But is there a right to anonymity? And I don't know if there is. And my gut feeling is these clowns, if if all of a sudden they were forced to take off their masks, would run away back to their mom's house. That's my guess. What's with you? Not what's with the Nazis and why is that a dude? Why didn't? At the least, at the very least, I'm, I I I kind of wish that if this was not a licensed protest, at least someone from the city of Wyzetta would have gone up there and said, "Okay, can we get your, you know, just, you know, this isn't a licensed protest. You're you're doing this. Uh, can we at least get your, you know, see some ID and make sure, you know, this is legit." Once again, not saying you don't have the right to protest, but do you have a right to anonymity? Which is an interesting story because once again, what's with the Nazis in Wyzetta? And I, by the way, I will say this about Wyzetta, Orono, Long Lake. That is becoming very liberal territory. It is. Even Minatrista out in the very far western part of that lake is starting to become more and more liberal. I think these are not local Nazis. I think they're Nazis in from somewhere else. But they're Nazis. You're doing the, the Heil Hitler salute. You're going to be Nazi. Brings up an interesting story that uh, is coming from the reformer. A Minnesota bill that would have created a state government database of hate incidents, which drew impassioned opposition from Republicans who said it would police constitutionally protected political speech, was quietly watered down during the waning days of the legislative session. Now, I'm going to stop there. If you're out there cosplaying Nazis... I don't have any problem with that. And I get that the Republicans are the fact the fact that this bill was clearly geared towards a certain demographic of protester and as expected the Republican Party of Minnesota rushed to their defense. The State Department of Human Rights will not compile a database on hate speech, which is what drew fierce debate. But Republicans aren't ready to accept victory on this, pointing to the funding that was left intact. They said that it could allow unelected bureaucrats to decide what's bias and to complete a database of provocative speech that could be used as a weapon against political opponents. Interesting. Um, Samantha Vang, DFL from Brooklyn Park, who we've had on the air a few times, Responding to the rise of anti-Asian bigotry or sponsored the bill during the recent legislative session that would have had, let, had the Minnesota Department of Human Rights track incidents and give grants to community organizers to collect reports of hate speech. Now, once again, 
That's not stopping hate speech. That's just collecting information on hate speech. The Human Rights Department then would compile a report. Once again, you're not stopping the hate speech. You're basically making a list of it. Republican lawmakers called this an Orwellian. Now, once again, I want to stop and just because you need to pull back for a quick second and realize this. The entire point of these bigots protesting is so they can be seen and get seen. All we're doing is saying, mission accomplished. We see you. We're going to make note of this incident and keep track of this to determine how much this is going on. So in a way, what the state would have done is exactly what the protesters want, which is to be seen. And we just keep track of that. But then all of a sudden it's it's big government keeping track of things. Well, do you not want to be seen? Well, then don't protest stuff like this. I mean, I'm going to remind people that as, as Republicans scream about this, back in 2008 when the Republican National Convention was in St. Paul, their protest areas were basically the equivalent of fenced-off areas in the back delivery zones of, of, of industrial buildings where you could protest for, for three hours in a given night as long in any given day as you were there. And that's it. Nowhere near, nowhere near, the, you know, the XL Energy Center, nowhere near St. Paul where any politician was going to hear it. This was their idea because that was okay. And they kept track of those people. And we can talk about this as well. Remember when the Mall of America and the police were keeping track of the Black Lives Matters people and trying to track them down and following them out there. No Republican had any problem with that. Not a single damn Republican had any problem with that. But the second all of a sudden we say we want to go stop the, the Asian hate and we want to stop the freaking Nazis, all those other Republicans, well, the slippery slope, Orwellian, oh my God. Where was your outrage when Black Lives Matter was being tracked down? Where was your outrage when the left wanting to protest the Republican convention in 2008 were told you can't do that here? Stop with your false piety, jackasses. We see you. During the floor debate, Representative Harry Niska of Ramsey pressed Vang asking whether reportable incidences would include someone opining that COVID-19 was a Chinese bioweapon or wearing a T-shirt that said, I love J.K. Rowling. Well, I would say this. If you're part of an anti-Asian hate group, well, I mean, if, if everyone in your group is sitting there screaming, Chinese bioweapon, first of all, you're a bunch of freaking idiots. I mean, you're stupid as a brick there, Niska. That being said... I could make an argument the fact that you're so prominently feeling, you know, you know, using Chinese there in your thing kind of makes it a little bit of a racial thing. You're trying to be clever there, Niska. I see what you're trying to do. But you're still being kind of a racist pig. I'm just going to call it what it is, man. As I see it, freedom of speech, you know, what a pain in the ass that is. Uh, as you say, I, I love J.K. Rowling. I, that's, that's, that's just your choice. I don't. I mean, she's, she seems to be a loon ball, but fine. He said that could be construed as gender identity bias given allegations the author is transphobic. That, but you see, is you could be saying I love J.K. Rowling because you like Harry Potter books. 
So that one is, it's interesting. You took one that was pretty clearly would be a racist thing. You know, the whole Chinese bioweapon thing. So yeah, if it was part of an anti-hate Asian hate, it was part of an anti-Asian hate parade. Yes, that would be racist. Or if it was just a whole bunch of people screaming Chinese bioweapon. Yeah, that would be kind of racist. The other one, there's some arguments there. Banks actually thought the bioweapon comment could qualify because it's mass bias motivated, but defer to attorneys on the J.K. Rowling question. See? Uh, Representative Walt from Alberville saying during the debate, Billy, we'd have the governor collect data about speech that's not criminally identified, hot spots of bias. Once again, once again, every single one of these Republicans, when it was discovered that the police were spying on protesters of the left, did not say a damn thing. But all of a sudden, we try to keep track of the racists. Wait a minute here. This is a bridge too far. Yeah. All right. We see you. Representative Hassan of DFL from Minneapolis defended the proposal, noting during the debate that two mosques had been burned in the prior 48 hours. What did they call that freedom of speech? I don't know. I, I didn't. I was. I haven't seen that debate. Though Vang's bill didn't pass during the conference committee, remnants of it were added to a public safety bill requiring the Human Rights Department to compile a biennial report analyzing civil rights trends and recommending policy changes to reduce hate incidences. Okay, this is very... (laughs) This is very ambiguous at best. The information would be compiled with the help of community organizations that work with historically marginalized communities. So say there's a group that, you know, works with the black community. And someone's hanging nooses around the community in an attempt to to intimidate and threaten them. Well, yeah, I I, I have no problem getting keeping track of that. I I don't think that this is a bad idea. As a matter of fact, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Governor Walls' original budget proposal for the Human Rights Department included funding for the work three hundred ninety five thousand dollars in fiscal year twenty forty twenty four and twenty five uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars annually. After that, to report on criminal and non-criminal discrimination and hate incidences statewide. Okay, once again, not stopping them, not restricting them, just keeping track of them. All right. Which, by the way, once again, the protesters are going out there and screaming at the top of their lungs to be seen. We want you to see them, but you can't see them. What are you guys? Yeah. Uh, the new initiative would build off the department's Dis- uh, discrimination helpline, which was launched amid the rise of anti-Haitian bigotry during the pandemic. Taylor Putz, a spokesman for the state human rights department, said lawmakers revise the legislation and merely require a report then an exhaustive tracking of hate speech. Niska, however, questioned why the money is still allocated for something he thinks should just take a few hours to produce. He says the legislation was just made more vague and could uh, still allow policing of political speech. Wow. Really, Niska, is, Niska does not want people keeping track of Nazis. Just, that's very clear here. I don't want people keeping track of Nazis. Uh, and other groups, fine, fine, I'll add, and other groups. But he said the legislation was just made more vague and still be policing, uh, policing of political speech. But said the funding is what the legislator appropriated to prepare the report. So you're going to have to prepare. You do have to buy the paper. You do understand that, right? 
Representative J.B. Becker-Finn, DFL from Roseville, said Republicans stirred up confusion about the bill during the floor debate, so Democrats worked to update and clarify the legislation. House File 181 was an expansive and important effort led by community organizations and unfortunately became highly politicized this year, she said. People worked on the bill for years, and it is unfortunate that everyone followed the GOP in miscontouring the effort as bias registry. Well, because that's all they've got. They can only scare you, and that's all they're going to do. I can tell you on any bill how the Republicans are going to approach it because they don't have a policy. They don't, they don't, they don't have any policy at all. Guy walks into a synagogue, starts shooting Jews, and all they do is thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. They don't do another damn thing about it. Native Americans, Hispanic, African Americans, the LGBTQIA plus community, Asian community. Bad things happen. Well, it's, it's bad, but we don't want anyone. We don't want even anyone to keep track of the bad things that are happening. Uh, Niska, he said he and another lawmaker, Peggy Scott of Andover, met with Minnesota Department of Human Rights Commissioner Rebecca Lucero in May. I don't know if that's any relation to the Eric Lucero that's lurking out in the West Metro's districts. Uh, Niska said Lucero told him the question he raised during the floor debate was spot on and the department didn't want to collect that kind of information. Lucero, though, supported Vang's bill, however, during the January committee hearing on it. Putz and Lucero declined to comment on Niskan's claims that Lucero agreed with his critique of the bill. My guess is from this argument is Lucero probably said something accommodating, and you got to remember that of course they're going to use that politically, and they don't care if it, it kills your your career. Despite what the Democrats say about the bill, the change of the bill, Niska is still skeptical. Well, because he's you know that's all he has. <laughs> and once again, it's not stopping them. It's not stopping the hate protests it's not stopping them from doing it it's just keeping track of every time something becomes really offensive and racist and discriminatory and niska apparently doesn't want to even do that human rights department is already responsible for investigating discrimination and hate crimes are tracked by the fbi and the bureau of criminal apprehension so all we're doing is keeping track of them in minnesota and for the Republicans, that's overreach. How dare we keep track of the Nazis when they rally? What have they ever done? <laughs> Please. Come on. But once again, as all these, as Niska's out here with his righteous sword of judgment, I want to make sure I point out at no point. Did the Republican Party in Minnesota have any problem with the intense restriction of right to protest and right to speech at the convention in 2008? And they sure as hell haven't said a damn thing about Black Lives Matter and black uh, community groups being monitored by police without their knowledge. Nope, that was perfectly fine. But the second all of a sudden you want to start keeping track of hate crimes, well, wait a second here. Folks, look at this story, look at the reaction, and you'll see exactly who these people are. And by the way, I'm going to come back and I am going to tell you a lot of reasons why. 
you really need to basically start confronting this stuff. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Once again, I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying anyone is a Nazi at all. Well, I mean, the Nazis are the Nazis. But in regards to this debate, the point I am making is that all these guys that are out there screaming about how, well, you can't keep track of protesters. Wait a second here. I remember the Republican Party basically taking all the leftist protesters and putting them in a cage behind an industrial building during the Republican convention. You guys had no problem with that. I also remember when the police were spying on community groups within the city of Minneapolis. You guys had no problem with that. And suddenly, we want to keep track of the the anti-Asian hate groups or the Nazis and stuff like this. And all of a sudden, you guys are, how dare you keep track of these groups? And if you dare look at me and try to say, well, Matt, I had no problem with that because I think Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Now... No, they're not. But what I'll also say is, the Nazis? They've got a bit of a track record, too. FYI. Don't, don't try to split hairs here. You can't, you can't win this because you basically have already been, par- been perfectly okay with the groups that you dislike being spied on or being restricted. And so all of a sudden, and I'm not saying you guys like these groups. I uh, I guess I know who many of these people are going to vote for in any given presidential election. How about I say it like that? But at the same time, you guys want to sit there and try to act as if you're kind of pulling a fast one on us when your outrage only seems to when we're going after the racists and the bigots. Then the outrage, that's when only it seems your outrage is there. Here is the important thing. You can't let this go. Bigotry, hatred, Nazis, white supremacists, that's not just a differing political opinion. Those are, those are diseases within our society. They're diseases within our culture and diseases within our country. The greatest lie and trick that has been done in regards to how we perceive these groups. These groups used to be scurred by us and hated and driven off to compounds in Montana where they lived out by themselves surrounded by barbed wire. And the idea was to make them mainstream. And the idea is they basically browbeat the media into accepting the KKK and not, and they'll say they don't, but they do. They accept this as just a differing political point of view, and we should have never done that. We lost a hell of a lot of Americans beating the Nazis. You cannot allow this to go unchallenged. 2016 taught us a lot. There was this delusional nutbag of a Republican candidate. I thought was a joke, but figured out how to resonate with the the loser fringe of this country. 
and get them to vote because he basically convinced them that they weren't the losers, that everyone else was the loser, and they loved it. They val- he validated every ugly character trait of the extreme far right and made it a virtue within the Republican Party. And a lot of people back in 2016 just said, well, if you ignore him, he'll go away. And that was, that was, that was a common mentality. And I kept, I remember doing radio shows where I was doing the shows and I was sitting there saying, if you keep ignoring him, it's going to be a, you know, there's a 50, 50 chance he could win the election. Basically the American people don't need to hear about him. We're better than that. They go low. We go high. And you ignored him. You should have been on the attack. You should have been calling out this guy, Johnny Golden Toilet over here. Mr. Three Wives, the Christian the, the, the Christian standard bearer over here. What was that about him wanting to rape a woman, a married woman, that on uh, that Access Hollywood bus trip? Yeah. You should have gone after him. And because we didn't, with the intensity that we should have, he was allowed to stain this country for four years. Absolutely stain it. And here we are yet once again, looking at the ugly truth that he is likely going to be the nominee from the Republican Party. And the news media is doing everything in their power to downplay his horrible crimes and the horrible character that he is, while at the same time vilifying Joe Biden whenever they can. And the reason why is because they're a business. And if this election gets too out of control, they don't get advertising dollars during the political campaign season, and they want that money. So there is a vested interest in the media to basically keep this election as close as possible by basically saying the actual crap sandwich of a human being is the same thing as a reasonably placed family meal that is Joe Biden. And they're not. That's actual crap sandwich. That's an actual, that's actual crap sandwich. That is what it is. That is not the same thing as a reasonably, a reasonably priced hamburger meal or a nice salad. It is not. But yet... The media is intent on trying to turn 91 charges against this guy into, oh, he's a rascal. And meanwhile, Joe Biden does something else. Joe Biden is hated by everybody. And that's kind of what they're doing right now. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people looking at me and trying to tell me Nazis are okay. No, they're not. They're freaking Nazis. They're jackasses. That the racist is a virtue. No, it's not. It's a blight on your soul. And you're going to burn in hell for that. FYI. That basically hate has any place within a civilized society. And part of the reason why is that they'll sit there and they'll say, when you'll say to them, oh, well, you know, let's wear a mask during the pandemic. You're against my rights. I mean, complete overreaction. And as as opposed to looking at them and saying, are you having a temper tantrum? Are you a grown adult having a temper tantrum about wearing a mask? Instead, we're just like, well, some people just don't want to wear them. Like it's a, like it's a, a virtue. 
You have to call this stuff out. And my God, yes, there are a bunch of freaking bullies. There are a bunch of bullies who will wet themselves if there's any real problem. Let's just be honest about it. There's, there's a lot of people that want others' people to die for their cause. How about I say it like that? There's a lot of people that want other people to die for their cause. If we do not start putting this crap back into the compounds out in Montana immediately, not because we're trying to stop their freedom of speech or right to protest, but because as a society, we hate their guts because they're horrible human beings representing truly atrocious things that no one should be following. Then we cannot be surprised when all of a sudden the worst of humanity becomes a selling point in a political campaign. 952-946-6205. I'll share one with you. I'll share a story with you. And I'll share how this is getting to the point of why it's be- the hate is becoming mainstream when I do come back. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. And by the way, if you want, the Republicans are probably going to look at me and say, oh, Matt's just exaggerating. No, the Department of Justice just released a study earlier this year where a main part of their findings were that the police violated the rights of people engaged in protected speech, as well as also were basically illegally you know, following them and, and, and you know, persecuting them and profiling groups they had determined they didn't like. So when these Republicans all of a sudden, when you say, we're going to start keeping a database of hate groups, the Republicans who never once even criticized the Minneapolis police for their clear violations, all of a sudden want to act as if this is just too far. How dare these people want to keep a database? You had no problem with it when the police were doing it on black groups. So stop with your fake freaking piety there. Just a freaking joke. It is, but that is the standard Republican, isn't it? Nowadays, the hypocrisy is, it's, 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 it, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen any freaking thing like it. Oh, I think it's great that the police are basically stopping people's protected speech and, 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 and illegally, you know, you know, basically following these people and trying to infiltrate their groups. Really? Yeah, okay, well, maybe we should keep track of the Nazis. How dare you try to keep track of the Nazis? What are you doing? <sighs> hey, don't you look at me. I'm looking at you and like, wait, okay, it would be one thing if you guys were at any point out there being critical of that, and you've not, not once. But the minute all of a sudden we want to stop anti-hate groups, wait a second here. These are these these people don't deserve this. Really? 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 And like I said, try it. Try saying when the police were basically following around on Black Lives Matter. Well, I thought that that was because they were a violent group. The Nazis? You don't have any problem with the the Nazis getting a pass? Okay. All right. The, you need to you clearly need to study history a little bit more. 
And this is the point where the Republican will come on in here and say, you know, at no point am I endorsing all this. I'm not saying you're endorsing it. I'm just saying it's pretty interesting that this is your bridge too far. That when it was happening before to left-leaning groups or black community groups, that that was no problem. I've not heard a one damn word out of your mouth there about any of that. That that was that was just justifiable and understandable. But now when, when hate groups march or Nazis take to bridge overpasses over in YZ, we want to keep track of that. Not stop it. Just keep track of that. Oh, come on. Government databases aren't good. Well, as long as it's, you know, you know, if it's dealing with black people, sure, fine. But and before you accuse me of taking things out of context, then then prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Niska. Go on out there and condemn the police of Minneapolis for stopping the people's right, right to protest, people's speech, and, you know, and basically trying to infiltrate these groups to keep track of them. You do that and you show me, and, and, and vocally, just as vocally as you do this, not in the quiet of your own damn heart, you coward, come on out there and actually go out and condemn that. Then at least you'll be consistent. This is me not holding my breath. But if he does, if he does, I'll give him credit for it. If he comes on out there and all you have to do is take a look at the Department of Justice findings on the Minneapolis Police Department, there's plenty of excerpts in there that you can find that you can criticize. 952-946-6205. If we do not confront this hate now, let me explain to you what happened this weekend. A Republican candidate for Missouri governor on Monday vowed to burn books if elected if he was criticized for a video showing him burning cardboard boxes with a flamethrower. Now, they I don't know. They're saying they were cardboard boxes. I don't know if there were any books inside. But it does indeed show two clowns who think flamethrowers are not a problem in our society, but books are. Um, Shows State Senator Bill Eigel, E-I-G-E-L, a Weldon Spring Republican who's running for governor in 2024, and State Senator Nick Schroer of St. Charles Republican using flamethrowers to torch a stack of boxes at a fundraising event in St. Charles County on Friday. They are vowing to make this a daily occurrence in Missouri, book burnings. Book burnings. Book burnings. I want to repeat that. Book burnings. Yeah, like the Nazis did. (laughs) Yes, exactly like the Nazis did. Book burnings. In the video, I'm taking a flamethrower to cardboard boxes representing what I am going to do to the leftist policies in rhino corruption of the Jefferson City Swamp, Eigel said in a statement in the Star on Monday. But let's be clear, you bring those woke pornographic books to Missouri schools to try to brainwash our kids, and I'll burn those two in the front lawn of the governor's mansion. Wow, Adolf would be proud. Eigel's remarkable comment promising to burn books comes as he embarks on a campaign for governor because he knows that to win, you have to basically be that. That the people that choose who your nominee is are the people who look and say, yeah, you need to burn those books. 
Public book burnings typically illustrate extreme censorship related to political, cultural, and religious materials. They often evoke historical atrocities, such as the burning of Jewish texts by the Nazis or racist bonfires by the KKK. Igle will face a primary that features two of the state's top Republicans, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft and Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. Of course he's doing this. He's doing this because he already knows he's behind. So he's trying to say, I will – basically, I will do – Exactly what the Nazis did if you make me the governor of the state of Missouri. How did you get to this point? Because nobody, the people of this country did not shame these people as we should have. It is disturbing to say the least. But you see, us standing by has gotten to this point. Well, they're, they're not going to be that bad. They're not going to do this. Yes, they are. And they've, they've got freaking flamethrowers, for God's sakes. They are eager to do this. And then they'll send, as the books are burning, they'll send kids in with hot dogs to roast them over the fire and say, Jesus loves us, because that's what these people always do. This hate and bigotry has become such a part of our culture right now that it's actually the people are actually anticipating the hatred and the bigotry and trying to utilize that as a weapon itself. In Iowa, I believe this is in Iowa, uh, the Trump still holds a 30 point lead over the Florida governor in Iowa. Political veterans of the state believe that it may be a mirage. The former president is spending more money and time on the campaign there with a pair of events planned this week. Three more stops early next month. No candidate has ever won the Iowa GOP caucus by more than 12 points, and even the most conservative polls have us in double that margin, said Alex Latcham, an early states director for the Trump campaign. DeSantis has been focusing on Iowa to boost his momentum with the primary season kicking off January in, in January, and his PAC has spent almost three times as much on ads there as a PAC supporting Trump. The governor will take part in his six events on Saturday alone. Um, a recently sent mailer mirrors the DeSantis team's attacks on Trump's record on LGBTQ rights, an issue where the governor hopes to peel off some of the evangelical support from the ex-president. Now, like I said, this you get, think about think about the mindset that went into this. One flyer being sent to voters, which an Iowa Republican shared with Politico, calls Trump a transgender trailblazer who celebrated gay marriage victory at the Mar-a-Lago party with log cabin Republicans. The website reported. Another thanks Trump seemingly sarcastically for standing with the LGBTQ plus Americans to fight against the closed minded Republicans who won't accept change. A third reminds Iowans Trump allowed a transgender woman to compete in the Miss Universe pageant two decades ago. This is Ron DeSantis or some group working at least close to within his margins. Realizing they have cultivated this this element of hate and bigotry so well that they can basically just make guilty by association Trump and have a successful run at it. Think about that. We didn't shut this crap down when we should have. We should. We did not. We allowed people, particularly in the news media, to allow them to re-paradigm 
the argument that racism wasn't bad, but racism was some sort of just misunderstood different point of view. And bigotry was just some misunderstood different point of view. And Islamophobia and anti-Semitism was just some misinformed, misinformed, under, misunderstood, you know, point of view. And the reality is, is that we should have condemned that and said, oh, God, no, that's horrible. But because we didn't, now we have people out here. And, of course, when asked by this, I think, oh, my God, I, I don't necessarily think this. But they're, they actually went to a printer, printed these up, paid for these, found the mailing list, mailed them all out. They spent a lot of money on this with intent because they know that hate and bigotry runs freely like an overflowing river. Like an eagerly excited Lauren Boebert at a Beetlejuice show. That not much is stopping this at this point. And so damn right we need to stop standing up to this. Or start standing up to this. We have to, st- we have to stand up to this. We have to basically stop this. And that means confronting it. And what means when you see the Nazis out there scream in their face, or at least, you know, there is no right to anonymity in the First Amendment. Have the police at least make them pull off their masks. I guarantee you they'll be running then. The longer we continue to try to, for some reason, validate this hate, the longer it's going to take for us to come back. And you're at a point now where political campaigns are banking on the hatred to be their golden ticket to win. You need to go and fight because this is just getting uglier and uglier and uglier. And the longer that our media fails us and refuses to list hate as what it is, hate, and when you get some Republican who, well, I don't want to necessarily weigh in on the specifics of the merits of their argument. No, get them to weigh in on the specifics and the merits of their argument. Stop giving these guys passes because we've got to stand up to this stuff at some point. And if it's not now, I don't know when we'll ever do it. And trust me, there have been plenty of times within society where society starts making headway and making making amends. And the, the far-right extremism smacks back and pushes us back into a world of hate. And I don't want this to happen. It has been incredibly disturbing last two decades. And I want it to stop. Every day I come on this damn show and I go out there and I talk about how this has got to stop. We got to stand up to this. And I do it every day. Getting tired of feeling like I'm the only one doing it at times. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Mad McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Jonathan, who is watching the video of the show because it's radio. I don't get it myself. Personally, he wanted to chime in, though. He said, in no society in the history has the group doing book burnings been viewed as the good guys. I know, but is this the year? When was the last time you saw a Republican give a full-throated rejection of the concept of book burning? 
Seriously, when was the last time you saw John Lithgow in Footloose when the woman's remember that remember that movie? When John Lithgow comes on out and he's the priest and you know the woman's out there trying to burn books outside of what are you doing? When was the last time you saw a Republican really stand up and do this? Heck, they don't even want us to keep track when people start burning books, apparently. That, that even just acknowledging, hey, someone burnt a, bu- burnt a bunch of books that had to do with the Jewish culture and black culture and the LGBTQ culture, and they just burned them. Heaven forbid we even keep track of that. It's ugliness for ugliness sake. But this goes back to something I have been begging and pleading with the, with the Democrats to do. This goes back where I said, you've got to fight back on this. You can't do like 2016 where people was like, we're going to take the high road. And it, you saw what happened. Sometimes you have to get down in the dirt and basically start saying, no, that's racist. And when they say, you're just being woke, you look at them and say, no, woke is just a made-up term that you use to basically prevent from having to realize that most of your stances are freaking racist. Done. That'll make them wet themselves, let them run away. You cannot stand by and think good things are going to happen. You cannot stand by because right now the media is failing us. The Republican Party is failing us. There's a lot of Republicans, a lot of Democrats that don't even have the spine to go in and fight this anymore. But this goes back to what I have been saying and saying for a while, which is you've got to – Democrats, you just passed – DFL, you just passed amazing bills. Why aren't you out in all of these towns talking about it? Why not? Are you just waiting for your attaboys? We're going to win everything next year. We don't have to do a dang thing. Stop it. You have to go on out there. Racism is bad. Bigotry is bad. Hate is bad. These are not extremist points of view. This used to be the freaking mainstream point of view for even Republicans for many years. You have to go on out there and say, we did all these things for you. Because if you don't, the Republicans will take credit for them. Yeah, I voted against everything, but nothing in this bill got done without me putting it in there before I openly voted against the bill. They're doing that. And once again, they're they're talking to people that don't care about reality or truth. They only care about the narrative that they've got running in their head. And this narrative has been allowed to run free because of Donald freaking Trump. And a party that basically is terrified to take on the hate. That's where we're at today. So you've got to challenge. You've got to promote. You've got to brag. You've got to do all these things. You've got to stand up. And you have got to fight. Because for God's sakes, if you don't do it, no one else will. So please, fight like it matters. Uh, Native Roots Radio is up next. We're back tomorrow. Till then, see ya.